right, sports fans, it's Friday the 13th, so if you can, hide from Jason Voorhees for the next 30 minutes because the inaugural Stuck and Shapely show is here. And with me, as always, and who will be with me for the coming weeks is the man who needs no introduction, but we will uh, grant him that courtesy, Mr. Brad Simmons. Well, hello, Mr. Stucky, uh, a.k.a. The Stuck. Uh, thanks again for inviting me to this Stuck and Shapely show. You know, you're going to get plenty of hot cakes for me this entire time we're doing the show. Hot cakes galore, because I am Shapely, and I love hot cakes. Hot cakes, huh? I, I think we may be interested more in some hot takes, but I think I speak for the majority of Americans that a good hot cake isn't bad as well. Maybe... Maybe a hot take while they are enjoying their hot cakes. Can we compromise on that? I, I think we can do that. If I, if I hop can uh, can compromise to uh, burgers, I think we can compromise with that. Stuck. Oh goodness! Don't, don't even get me started on that. We may have to do a four day show to 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 discuss the tragedy that is International House of Breakfast. But uh, I digress. So. Well, Simi, we, uh, we're here to talk some sports, to drop some knowledge on some people. Uh, those of you that will be, uh, you know, habitual listeners, if you will, each week we'll, we'll have some, some topics to discuss, uh, some some serious sports matters, some on the lighthearted side, because anybody that knows us, uh, we like, we're kind of like a mullet. We're business in the front, but party in the back. Am I right? Now, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> So uh, we're, we're going to, over the coming weeks, we'll have different guests. I really think you guys are going to enjoy some of the people we have on here. I, I've talked with uh, some friends, former teammates, stuff, uh, you know, some people that, I've, that me and, and Simi both have uh, came in contact with over the years, and it's going to be some dynamite stuff. Uh, well, well, Simi, what's, uh, what's, some, uh, what's some things that you want the, our viewers and listeners to know and what to expect the next few weeks? Well, to be perfectly honest, uh, I think you can uh, you can actually look forward to a lot of Cardinals takes. Uh, you can look forward to a lot of uh, probably a lot of Chiefs on my part, uh, and a lot of uh, a lot of NFL previews. And uh, honestly, you're going to hear from you. You're going to hear a lot of Broncos stuff. So you're going to hear a lot of bickering. <laughs> but uh, but but definitely uh, definitely you're going to hear some some real knowledge from some some folks. This isn't the talking heads type thing. Uh, this is just two guys and and a few others that uh, are getting together to do this that just want to uh, form some opinions that uh, we've made on our own and have some fun doing it. And uh, we're looking forward to to hearing everyone's feedback on it. Uh, as as the great philosopher Chris Farley once said, is that Bill Shakespeare over there? That was, that was very well put, Sammy, and I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, now I, I do want the, the, the viewers or the, the listeners to know that when it comes to the Chief Broncos discussions, always know that I'm right and Simi's wrong. So just take that as a grain of salt. But, uh, no, I, I look forward to it. And just a little background, me and me and Simi were, were college baseball teammates at uh, Southeast Missouri State University back in the early 2000s. Uh, I was a, a four-year guy there, and, and Simi came to us from junior college. So uh, Simi is, is from the northwestern Missouri area. I am from the southeastern Missouri area. Uh, so there kind of is the allegiances to the, the Cardinals and Chiefs and such. So 
that's a that's a real brief background on on me and Simi's relationship, and, I, and I'm sure you'll hear more and more stories as we go along uh, from past experiences. But uh, we're gonna go ahead and dive in here, uh, Simi. The first thing uh, we want to talk about today is uh, we're just about at the midway point. I, I honestly don't know what game of the season this is tonight, but. We can, I think, uh, roughly say we're at the halfway point of the Major League Baseball season. And uh, obviously the Cardinals, uh, we're going to kind of, you know, break them down, give some grades, if you will, just kind of give a midseason assessment here of the of the birds on the bat. So I'll uh, I'll let you be the first hour teacher here. Kind of kind of fill us in on what uh, kind of what you feel about the Cardinals so far. Well, the Denver, that's, uh, that's great. Thanks for, uh, thanks for passing on to me. I do want to let you know, mine is going to, I do have some, uh, uh, grades for the Cardinals, but mostly I have a more of an outlook of what I want them to do, uh, the rest of the year. Uh, they are who I thought they were this year. Uh, the Cardinals are 47 and 44, uh, just about the all-star break. As a lot of you know, they've got the three game series this weekend, uh, with the Cincinnati Reds. And, uh, as I'm looking right now, um, at, uh, 8 32 PM, it looks like they're losing a two to one right now. So um, again, I, I don't want to be negative about the Cardinals, but uh, it just seems that uh, the management and the leadership uh, thus far has uh, just kept digging us in a hole of media mediocrity. Um, you know, we've got some great performances from uh, Jose Martinez, um, a bounce back after a miserable start from Matt Carpenter and uh, Miles Miklas and uh, uh, our pitching staff uh, starters have done just an excellent job this year. But um, as Denver knows, and all of you listeners know, that uh, it's, it's very frustrating to listen to the Cardinals this year and even watch the Cardinals play because it is a very sloppy brand of baseball. And, uh, I, and frankly, I think uh, that starts uh, with the manager. Uh, but um, playing GM – I've got a lot to go on here uh, today, tonight. Uh, so going forward, I do want to say that uh, there's a couple things that I would like to do, like to see done. And uh, as Denver corrected me earlier, it's a hot take. Um, I'd like some <laughs> trades to be made. Um, now is a, kind of more of a medium uh, New York Yankees style. Uh, a few years ago, when they traded Chapman in uh, in uh, Miller uh, and got some great prospects for that, and then reloaded, and look how wonderful they're doing this year. Um, and, and even last year. So a couple things that I'd like to see them do right now is uh, a major trades that I would like to do. And this is my first hot take. I'm going to start right off with it. I'd like them to trade Miles Michaelis. Really? So, uh, yes. Um, I will let you know this. The Cardinals are loaded in the minor leagues with pitching. All we taught in, in Denver, you're going to have to agree with me on this. All we're hearing about is the quality of starters and pitching that we have down in the minor leagues. We've got Dakota Hudson tearing it down, tearing it up down there with a 2.82 ERA. Um, he is rolling. I believe he uh, he pitched uh, uh, he pitched a, about a week ago before their All Star break. He had seven innings, nine strikeouts, uh, five hits, and one run. So he is just absolutely tearing it up down there, uh, as well as plenty of others. Uh, Ponce de Leon. Uh, Hel- uh, um, uh, excuse me, Ryan Hensley down there. They're, they're doing an excellent job. So my reasoning with this is Miles Michaelis, uh, background on him, came from Japan. We have a two-year contract with him. It's a very reasonable uh, contract. Uh, he's, he would be a, uh, not a rental right now, 
I think we could get a lot for him uh, as he's hot. He's got 10 wins this year uh, in the first half. Um, I would sell high on uh, Miles Michaelis right now uh, at possibly some uh, pitching needing teams. You're looking at the Yankees right now. They're not going to be trading their top prospects, uh, uh, talking about possibly Manny Machado and things like that. But um, with that, they've got a stacked farm system, and they are also looking for pitchers. So I'm thinking Jacob DeGrom would probably break the bank for them from the Mets. So maybe the Cardinals can step up and do something like that. Uh, secondary with that, um, with a story we're going to be getting to later, but uh, Bud Norris, uh, our closer, has done a nice job for the Cardinals. It would be a rental. I think we could get a quality prospect back from him. Uh, and then I'm going to go with uh, this is a guy that doesn't have a position, and I don't see the DH coming in the next few years to the National League. Jose Martinez, sell high. He's got uh, four years of arbitration left. Uh, I think we could get some quality prospects from him. From there, I'm going to go with a uh, good old Jed Jerko. Um, I'll give you my reasoning for him later. I think he is a quality contract that can be moved with two years left on it. Uh, what are your thoughts on that thus far, Denver? Well, so far I'm hearing you want to get rid of our best pitcher and our best hitter as a way to, to get better for the, for the future, which uh, I can't say that I uh, argue with your logic, but if we're looking at it, from a standpoint right now, I mean, that's, that's basically what you're saying, but let's, let's get rid of our best hitter and pitcher while they're, while they're, you know, got some stock, which isn't always a bad idea. I know this was years ago, but when Chris Duncan burst onto the scene, uh, whatever year that was probably early two thousands, mm-hmm. I was a huge proponent of, you know, trade him because there's no way he's going to hit. I mean, he hit like 20 something home runs that first year up there. Yep. Uh, obviously that's a different scenario. His dad was the pitching coach. So you can't just say, uh, thanks Dave, we're sending your boy to wherever. But, uh, the ones you mentioned, the one I might be a little hesitant on would be the miles Nicholas. And the reason why is you can never, ever, 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 ever have too much pitching. Uh, yes, I, I agree with your logic that, Man, we we're we're loaded in the in the farm system, but I mean, we could go on and on about guys that were can't miss pitching prospects in uh, in the farm system, and then got to the big leagues and couldn't do anything. So uh, that that would be the only one. Uh, Jose Martinez, I don't think he's a you know hundred hitter with 25 30 home runs like he's showing this year uh but you know i could be wrong so I, i'm fine with moving him jerko uh, yeah yeah it'd be nice i don't know if we would get much for jerko or norris there's a reason why the cardinals got them out of the uh out of the discount bin so to speak of the free agents because uh, really nobody else wanted them i mean they're like a they're like a T-shirt at the Goodwill. I mean, they, yeah, they're they're great. They're much, it's fun to wear out for a time or two, have, get some laughs and some use out of it. But at the <laughs> end of the day, somebody got rid of it for a reason. But uh, I don't. I, I like where you're at though, because and I think me and you agree on this. The Cardinals have got to get out of this mindset of we just we got to find a good deal on the free agent market. We gotta. We don't want to overspend for anybody well you know guess what you know to have nice things you got to spend money you know it's that's 
pretty much a, a law of our society. I mean, you can't just have the best in the best baseball team in the world out of draft picks and uh, good good economic contracts that you find in free agency, or at least that's my opinion. And I, and I agree with that opinion. And, and that's a great example with, uh, with Chris Duncan. Uh, my, my thing with my, uh, with Michaelis uh, is, you know, he's going to, he, if he continues to pitch even remotely close to his, he is now, it's going to be 25 million a year for five years. Um, are right. the Cardinals going to want to spend that in the, in the past, in the previous history? The only one I've seen them offer a huge contract to that is, um, is uh, Price, uh, David Price, up in Boston, who didn't take our offer. So um, looking at it this way, why not get the most out of it right now? Uh, I would think that we could get a couple top 10 prospects from a couple highly ranked teams. Um, looking at possibly a Boston, like I said, a Boston, a New York. Um, you're, you could even look, I mean, I would be even be okay looking at LA trading into a possible Dodgers or thing, or even Washington, um, things like that. I, I think we could load up the farm system with some almost major, uh, major league ready talent and look into next year, um, and play some guys with, with these guys moving out, you're going to look at some opportunities for some guys that are knocking on the door now. Um, you know, with that, you'll be looking at, uh, you would you'd be looking at a possible Austin Gomber getting a starting opportunity. Dakota Hudson bring up a Ryan Helsley, uh, hoping his shoulder is has has uh, has died down, or relaxed a little bit and got some rest. And a possible Daniel Ponce de, de Leon, who's pitched wonderfully down in Memphis. Now, with that being right. said, a lot of Denver, you probably didn't hear me mention Dexter Fowler. Um, I know he's a topic, uh, a lightning rod right now, but uh, I don't think we have much trade value in Dexter Fowler right now. Whereas, and none of our outfielders are playing worth a, worth a darn right now. So I'm saying go with the hot hand and uh, definitely, I think Harrison Bader needs to play every day and that's going to clear space for uh, Jairo Munoz and Colton Wong to play every day too, which they need to do. We need to see what they can do. Yeah. I, I, I hear you on Dexter Fowler. I mean, he, he just, to me, doesn't look interested, uh, you know, as far as ads. And we're going to get to, to a, another story on Dexter Fowler in our next segment. Now, uh, the history teacher in me is, is just dying to say this. Uh, and a, I guess you'd say another benefit of having Ponce de Leon come up is he might uh, bring the fountain of youth with him for some of the uh, – some of the older players, if you if you paid attention in history class, you know what I'm talking about there. Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Ponce de Leon down there in Florida thought he found the fountain of youth, and a bunch of his followers. Uh, I want to say some of them even drowned in the water, thinking they were going to wake up uh, ten years, twenty years younger. And uh, well, yeah, I think we all know that didn't pan out too good. But I, uh, we will definitely. Uh, in, in all of our shows have Cardinal segments about what the team is doing, how they're going. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. And I will tell you this folks, nobody is more in depth than in tune with what's going on with the Cardinals organization uh, here than Simi is. So, uh, you know, he's bringing up names and stuff of guys that I've vaguely heard about. He, he's on top of things. So uh, if uh, John Mozeliak and his bow tie decide to to go somewhere else, uh, I would definitely uh, I would definitely write Mr. Dewitt a letter of recommendation from the man Simi here. So uh, great stuff there. Uh, the the people in the back room here are snapping at me that we got to get some commercials in here. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on Friday the thirteenth. We'll do a little uh, 
a little more Cardinal talk on a different matter and uh, dive into some NFL stuff. You're here on the Stuck and Shapely Show. All right, we're back here, Stuck and Shapely Show, Friday the 13th, Friday, July 13th, 2018, as as Simeon alluded to earlier, it is now three to one Reds, top of the fifth, two outs here. Looks like uh, Suarez at the plate for the Reds. Simeon, I want to go into uh, a little something that I've uh, read. It's, I guess it's kind of common, uh, common knowledge. It's a, uh, a, a new service that, that covers the the cardinals i say a news service i believe it's just a, a blog but they do a good job it's called viva albertos uh, any cardinal fan i would recommend checking it out and it brings to light some possible issues in the uh in the cardinals uh clubhouse and speaking of issues we just botched a fly ball but uh we did keep Votto from scoring there but anyway uh there seems to be I don't know what the word is. I don't want to use the word hazing because uh, some fraternity issues over the years, that, that's a little disrespectful to some, some kids that have had some serious injuries from that. But badgering, rookie initiation, uh, it sounds like Bud Norris, our old uh, – this Bud's for you has been a little, uh, <laughs> a little hard on the, uh, on the rookie Jordan Hicks. Uh, and Mike Matheny's even made some comments about, you know, it, it's good for him and, and this. But when, when Hicks is asked, asked about it, he's, he's got no comment. And it, it just appears to be a little bit of a sore subject. So I think I know where you stand on this because, like, like we alluded to earlier, we're the same age, kind of had the same experiences. I mean, do you think in today's world, uh, 2018, that – that the the rookie, uh, you know, initiations and the badgering from the veterans is that still something that that serves a purpose? It's all in good fun. Boys will be boys, or is that time to cut that out? Do you think? Well, uh, frankly, from from someone myself that uh, that got a little hazed, um, you know, my freshman year, Denver. I mean, we all know this. We all were forced to, you know, things are a little different now, but we were all forced to take that that first uh, dip of chewing tobacco, um, you know, things like that. It, it's and, you know, I got sick to my stomach. Um, I've had to carry ball bags out of the dugout for the older kids. I've had to, uh, you know, I've had to stay and rake the field and, and, and do the do the do the, the field work after the games. That's I mean, that's just part of being a rookie, being a freshman, uh, you know, being an, a, a younger kid playing the game and where, where everyone's older. It's part of about learning the experience and part of it's part of the game. Now, that being said, kids today, uh, and I, I guess I'm speaking my age, but, you know, kids today sometimes aren't responding as much as well to that. But that being said, um, a little uh, rousing from uh, a veteran, I don't find that uh, to be to have an issue as long as it's not getting personal and it's not doing anything to physically harm harm the young man. Uh, for example, if he's late to meetings, um, you know, stay on him. Uh, we Denver, uh, you'll attest to this. You remember Kangaroo Court? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great way of of inner team team mingling and uh, team bonding to uh, fix some issues without getting the coaching staff involved. 
Now, sure. um, I'm going to let you take this uh, from here, but um, I will say this. Um, I think uh, the part I don't like about the story, and, and I know a lot of you uh, listeners have heard this too, is the part of him being a snitch. Um, I'm all about, um, you know, making the younger players better by, uh, you know, uh, lighting them up a little bit here and there and making them carry their bags, as I said, but not when you're snitching to the coaching staff about what's going on. That's, that's, that's uncalled for. And I think that's a, a bad way to go. Uh, and I agree. Uh, and, and I'm the same way. I mean, I, I think that a little bit of tough love, if you will, is helpful, but if I'm Jordan Hicks, it's going to be hard for me to be like uh, – uh, it reminds me of uh, Pedro Martinez hitting Kareem Garcia back in the early 2000s in a big fight ensured after that. And they interviewed Pedro after the game. Who is Kareem Garcia? You know, if I'm, <laughs> yeah. if I'm Jordan yeah. Hicks, I'm like, who, who is Bud Norris? What, what, <laughs> what have you done, Bud Norris? Yeah, you, you beat the Cardinals a few times and when the Astros were awful. And you were a decent pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, yeah, you're, you weren't expected to be the closer this year. You kind of got thrown in that role because our GM and people, powers that be, couldn't get anybody to, to do it. You know, I throw 105 miles per hour, bud. Uh, you know, lay off me a little bit, you know. I think that's how I would take if I'm Jordan Hicks. But at the same time, having the respect of your teammates and showing that you have the thick skin to with, withstand some of that stuff, I think goes miles beyond how hard you can throw. Uh, you and I both know there's guys we played with, pitchers in particular, that had yep. all the stuff in the world, could, could throw hard, you know, had great breaking stuff. But – when they were on the mound, we never had that just feeling of he's going to win the game for us or I want to make a play for him. This guy is tougher than nails. you know. And then we had guys that didn't have that good of stuff that we knew were tough and had the mental wherewithal that, you know, we're going we're gonna to play twice as hard for them. So Jordan Hicks has got to be careful here. In a way, he's got to stand up for himself, you know, and – and not just totally be a, a whipping boy for Bud Norris. But Bud Norris has also got to understand, you know, at what point do I just need to be supportive? And, and like you said, the snitching thing, no, that, that's got to cut out. That's, that's where I think the Cardinals miss a Chris Carpenter. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, yep. you know Molina being out for a month. I, I mean, Molina's a guy, if uh, – you know, if he, if I walked out of the out of the mall and Molina and I'm not trying to say Molina would do this. If Molina was uh, trying <laughs> to steal my car, I would probably help him just so he didn't kick my butt. You know, like, here, Mr. Molina, let me let me get this hubcap off for you. <laughs> but uh, you know, somebody's got to step in. Like, look, bud, uh, that that's great and all, but uh, let's this kid throws 105. We we want him thinking. At least when he's on the mound, he's the king of the world. But in the in the article that we're alluding to, kind of hits on this a little bit. the The bigger concern is some other stuff being said, like Dexter Fowler and Mike Matheny apparently haven't spoke in weeks. Colton Wong has been on record of saying, "I don't know what my role is on the team." 
Yep. There, there seems to be some red flags that possibly Mike Matheny has lost um, whatever voice he had in the locker room. I, I don't know how that translates over on the field. I mean, obviously we've heard stories of the, the Yankees back in the day in the Oakland A's where, I mean, it was, it was a circus, but they, when they get on the field together, they, they won games. And, you know, so I, I don't know how important that is to on the field success, but it, I, I would think it, that, that the, the manager not being able to communicate with his players when all we've heard the last five years is Mike Matheny such a great communicator that that's got to be it's got to be troublesome doesn't it it, it definitely is troublesome it uh, it speaks volumes for someone exactly what you said who has been touted and he's even touted uh, to this day by our GM I heard recently on the radio how how the pregame speeches and everything that uh, he fires up and and how wonderful he is going to be for the young player, the young kids and, and things like that. But frankly, uh, you know, with the exception of Dexter Fowler, wouldn't you say that uh, he's not been a, a lightning rod for the young kids um, there? I mean, you look at a Colton Wong that he has not, he has not excelled. He doesn't want to know when he's going to play. Now I know Denver, you're not a huge fan of Colton Wong, but his advanced metrics are showing that he is a second best rated second baseman in Major League Baseball at this time, and he is starting to get hot. Why is he getting hot, Denver? Because he's playing every day right now. Right. And and I'll – Something a player like that needs. I, I agree, and, and I will say this. Uh, you know, Colton Wong this year defensively has improved leaps and bounds. I attribute some of that to Jose Okendo being back on the staff. and Agreed. You know, having somebody to kind of work with him. But – Wong, in my opinion, in the previous years, his defense was – Colton Wong reminds me of a, uh, of a Ferrari, but doesn't have a it's, – it's got a, a – you've got a four-year-old dog driving a Ferrari. That's the way he was his, his previous years. He had all the tools. He's got a strong arm. He's fast. He, but it's like he didn't understand how to play the game. He didn't have any finesse. It was just a mm-hmm. race car going around without a driver, but – Yes, I 100% agree. Colton Wong this year, no complaints. He's starting to hit the ball. I think he's finally figured out I'm not a home run hitter. I need to quit swinging right. as hard as I possibly can and just start squaring the ball up a little bit. And, and yeah, but uh, I don't know. I, my, I've heard whispers. I've got – and I'm not saying this to be facetious. I, I really do have some inside sources that the Memphis uh, – triple a level and, and there's whispers down there that Matheny is on a very short leash and that he should be uh, Okendo or I can't you may have to help me here the bench coach's name Shiloh or you know whatever. oh uh yep Schilt Schilt is is yep. will be the interim coach and that they are grooming and plan on trying to move stubby clap from Memphis up to the big league uh, squad as early as next year. Uh, hey, hey, I'm all for that, Denver. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm one of those guys. I, and my biggest thing with Mike Matheny was why did we hire him when we did? We were a world championship team, arguably the best job in baseball uh, when it was open in 2012. 
we probably could have got within reason any manager we wanted, and we chose a guy with zero experience who was about to file for bankruptcy on a real estate deal. <laughs> where, well, <laughs> what, where, where, how, how do you look somebody in the eye and be like, this is the right fit? I mean, because I mean, I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. His only experience managing was his child's little league team. And, and Denver, I'm going to agree with you on this to an extent. I liked the hire at the time. Now, obviously, um, I wanted Tito, uh, the, um, I've correct, correct me, the, the manager of the Indians from the Red Sox. Uh, Terry, Terry, Terry Francona. Tito, Fran, Terry, Tito Francona. I, I was a proponent of him, but when they did hire Matheny, I, I actually was not upset because I thought we were going to be getting the Mike Matheny, who is hard-nosed, tough um, leader, um, you know, uh, you know, making he knows how to run a pitching staff. We thought knows how to run a bullpen. We thought because of his experience, his time and his experience here in St. Louis uh, as a player. Now, I, 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 I'm loving to hearing these sources because I think he has. They say he hasn't lost that locker room, but I think he has. I think Tommy Pham has more pull than a lot of people think right now. Uh, I think Yadier Molina has obviously all the pull in the world. And uh, to speak on what you. Uh, said earlier Yachty was some there was some some rubbing last year when he said that Matheny said that Yachty was uh, jogging down to first base because he was tired um you know he's had a history of calling his players out at the most random times and I'm not saying Dexter Fowler is has any reason room to talk but the fact of the matter is he He's got some issues with Mike Matheny too, and 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 from what I understand from reading all the mumbo jumbo BS from the Chicago Cubs, he's the most likable guy in a locker room. So, and so if he if uh, Dexter Fowler has been lost by Mike Matheny, there's obviously some troubles. And right. and uh, to to have the turnover on the coaching staff this off season that we've had, um, and it paints a picture that uh, his boy uh, and and I don't mean to sound like Bernie Nicholas here, but his uh, John Mabry. Uh, has has made has stayed through the times um, where the whole other staff's been turned over. So uh, if you're hearing he's got a short leash, I, I would I'm loving to hear it because Stubby Clap is doing one hell of a job down there, and uh, Buddha I can't pronounce his name, but the the hitting coach down there is very well renowned. And for crying out loud, Tommy Pham struck out four times last night, and he, you know what he's doing uh, over the All Star break, Denver? Did you read that article? What's he doing over the All Star break? I- uh, I'm not sure you're going to have to enlighten me on this one. Well, he's going to a hitting guru, and it's not the Buddha, but he's going to a hitting guru in Florida. But you know what? Don't the Cardinals employ a hitting coach and an assistant hitting coach to help them? Uh, I would like to think that we do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it, <laughs> I, I, I just speak, it just, that just speaks to, to my point, and uh, I think that uh, – I think we need some churn, and I mentioned players earlier, but I think management as well. And in my opinion, this is Bowtie's last hire. If uh, they do get rid of Matheny, if he if this if he swings and misses here, I think we got to move on up top too. I agree. So I think we can we can paraphrase uh, kind of what you said here with uh, with two memorable plays or uh, circumstances in Mike Matheny's career. We thought we were getting the Mike Matheny who took a 97-mile-per-hour fastball to the head while he was in Milwaukee, barely stumbled at all, stayed on his feet and went to first base. We thought we were getting that Mike Matheny. 
but we ended up getting the one that was opening a birthday gift and about cut his hand off with a hunting knife and uh, ended up ruining Rick Ankiel's career. Would that be a fair assessment? I could not have said it better than myself because that, that son of a gun did ruin Rick Ankiel, didn't he? <laughs> well, that will, that will always be the mystery, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, well, well, dynamite insight there. We're going to take another quick break and when we come back, uh, we're going to have a little lighthearted story for you here on the stuck. Show. And, uh, we, uh, running a little low on time here. So we're going to, we're going to save some of our NFL discussion for our next show, but we, we got time to do a little lighthearted story here. And, uh, <laughs> If you're part of the 7 million Americans that are, well, let me rephrase that, 700 million Americans who aren't Patriot fans, uh, you like a good jab at Tom Brady. So what I'm going to do right now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to play a little video that Mr. Ugg Boots himself, uh, and let me, if you haven't seen the video, let me just kind of preface it for you. You got Tom here. Who, who's got a decent haircut at the time. I got to say, it's one of his better haircuts. It's not the, uh, uh, you know, the greasy hair look or anything like that. But he, he's got him a nice little cardigan on, a little sweater. You know, very, very, I would say, as Charlie Murphy said, I don't, I'm not sure he got these clothes at the men's store, but he's out in his backyard <laughs> with, his, with his cardigan on. He's got his pine tree backyard and uh, – he decides he wants to be a little bit of a uh, environmental guru. Let's listen in here on what, what, what Sir Tom has to say. It's World Environment Day, people. Time to team up and commit to beating plastic pollution. There's an easy step that every one of us can take to tackle this big issue right away. No more single-use plastic straws. The effect of these little guys are posing a huge health risk to our planet. And one of the solutions we're proposing is very simple. Next time you see a plastic straw like this, just say, no, not falling for your roost straw. <laughs> there are plenty of way cooler environmentally friendly straws that you could use. I mean, look at these straws. These are pretty cool. This is where them. you need to be. You look at them. So this is my commitment, <laughs> and I really hope that you'll join me. It's World Environment Day. Okay, people. well... As I was not aware, as I don't think many of us were aware, that there was a, a huge environmental concern over, and I didn't even know this term existed, Cindy, a single-use straw. I, I was under the impression, maybe I've been doing it wrong all these years, that if I wanted to take my straw out of my Taco Bell soda and use it the next day on a Chick-fil-A <laughs> soda, I, I thought that was okay. I, I the, the, there's no warning label on my straw wrapper saying uh, you have to use this one time only, but uh, he, he's getting on board with this. Uh, he, he's he's going to be using these, these new straws, which the, in the video, I, I see no discernible difference between the, uh, I guess the multi-use straw, but uh, I mean, are, are you just so motivated now to never use a straw again? I mean, does this have an effect on you? Oh, it absolutely does not have any effect whatsoever on me at all. 
I'll tell you what, Tom, you golden boy, you can take your straw, your extra biodegradable straws and shove them up your, you know what, <laughs> I am, I am all for doing my part on the environment. I recycle every other week. They come take my green bin, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to go to Sonic. I'm going to get my route 44 cherry limeade and I'm going to have my big fat straw in there and I'm going to get my 200 calories whenever I damn well want it. So Tom from shapely himself, Stick it there, brother. <laughs> Stick it. I mean, it's just almost like it, 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 the stuff we hear about Tom Brady. You know, you know. Am I really gonna if if the World Environmental Foundation or whatever organization he brought up there, if they really want change, get get Ray Lewis, get JJ Watt, get somebody up there. that's like if you if you use a straw, I'm coming to your house and I'm whipping you with it. You know, I maybe maybe <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I stopped in, but. Tom Brady shows up with his 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 pullover or cardigan. Thanks for asking. And his UGG boots and uh, killer boots, man. Yeah, killer boots, Tom. Where'd you get that fur? You know, you know. And he said, "You stop using that straw." I mean, seriously, come on now. I mean, you know, Tom, you know, stick to stick to throwing the football. And if you're that obsessed on not sucking. Just catch the ball when they throw it to you on the uh, trick play. Can we can we just agree on that, Tom? I I'll agree with you on that myself. Totally agree. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Before we leave, we're gonna uh, we're gonna do a little parting shot here. Uh, Simi, I want to I want to get your interest level here. Apparently, there's a big kickball tournament going on over in uh, in Russia somewhere. About about the only thing I saw of interest was a vehicle driving around with a bear in it that could play a Bula Zuela, whatever those things are called. And uh, I'd rather watch that bear blow on that horn than watch a kickball game. But apparently uh, if I, and I could be wrong here, I think it's France versus uh, Croatia in the championship kickball game. Is that, is that right? I, you know, I've heard that. So one country can be invaded and the other one's a bunch of sissies. So is that kind of what it is? (laughs) I, that's kind of yeah. That, my thoughts are exactly if the best two teams in the world in a sport are France and Croatia, you don't have a sport. You've got some sort of hobby. I mean, seriously, yep. Croatia. I, I'm th- that might be able to fit inside Missouri. I mean, that's <laughs> the southeast Missouri. Exactly <laughs> in the boot hill. <laughs> you can't tell me we don't have however many people are on a kickball team. We don't have twelve kickball players in the United States that can't beat 12 kickball players from Croatia. You just can't tell me that. How, how are we this bad? Well, because we like real sports called NFL football, basketball, and baseball. That that's true. And, uh, I, I, I just don't get it. I, you know, and I, I heard the great philosopher Tim McCarver say, well, you know, Dan, all other countries of the world, you train for sports with your feet in America we, with our hands. <laughs> uh, right, Tim, because <laughs> we, it's a, it, how do you train your feet? I mean, you can't play baseball with your feet. Are, are we going to have the, the armless pitcher throw a 95-mile-per-hour fastball with his leg? I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, I'll be sure to keep a close watch on the, on the match and uh, – Maybe there'll be a corner kick. Maybe somebody will slap somebody on the knee and they'll fall down and roll around for a few minutes. That's, that's, that's always good entertainment. But uh, maybe but they'll it, score a goal. 
don't talk. Don't get ridiculous here, Sammy. Goals in soccer are oh, oh, uh, kickball goals and kickball. No, that. <laughs> uh, that's that. Well, let's not get ridiculous here, but, but anyway, uh, any other parting words of wisdom you got for our fans? You know what? I just want to say this has been a blast, and uh, I look forward to uh, uh, doing this uh, in the weeks to come. Uh, and I can't wait for our special guests. Absolutely, I am looking forward to. So, uh, with nothing else to go, nothing else to kind of get at for this week, we're gonna we're gonna sign off here. And uh, just remember, kids. Say no to drugs, because if the drugs start talking to you, you've probably had too much. We'll see you later.